Blog Talk Radio. Eddie? Hello? Eddie? Yeah, Eddie? This is Tony. Tony Nicholas. Tony, how you doing, man? Good, yourself? All right, can, 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 can you hold on for a second for me? Sure. All right. Show, man, I'm glad to have you on. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Tony Nicholas, super producer. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for taking time out to do the show, man. I really appreciate you so much. Um, Tony, uh, I, I, uh, you got the opportunity to work with Festa, of course. Um, well, 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 before I get, before we get to that, um, let let the, let my listeners know, man, what, what a talented individual you are. Well, <laughs> thanks for that buildup. Um, I, I think I've been more blessed than talent, but I've I've, I've had I've, I've been blessed to be able to work with some some greats, like obviously the late great Gerald Levert. I did probably about half of his his uh, his catalog, and he and I went on together to produce folks like Joe, and um, we we did a few things with Mary J. Blige, and we did um, the Backstreet Boys, and we did um, Anita Baker, and um, Barry White, um, Patti LaBelle, and you know a, a, a list of others. Now you have the opportunity to uh, I'm to work with Vesta before her passing. Now um, it, it shocked me because Vesta, of those who listen to the show, I know that Vesta was a friend to the show, and she was a close friend of mine. And uh, I would usually talk to her maybe maybe once a month. And uh, after I would usually call her, and then after I decide. And get a response back. I always messages, so but then I found out you know she passed. But um, you had the opportunity to work with her before she passed. Um, what, what was the what was the chemistry like? What was it like working with her? Well, it was it was fabulous because like yourself, Best and I were friends. We were friends for a long time before we ever got a chance to do music together. Um, she's she's uh she was an Ohio girl and I live in Ohio, and uh, she was from Coshocton. And I live in Cleveland, so, you know, she felt like coming back to Ohio to make the record was sort of like getting back to her roots. We did do a little work in L.A. where she was living, but mostly we recorded in Cleveland. And um, it was, it was, she was on my bucket list from the time I first heard her first record, um, which I think was once bitten, twice shy, if I, re- if I recall correctly. 
but um, she and I flirted about doing a record, you know, honestly, since about 1994, 95. And so we finally got a chance to do it. We had just finished it when she passed away. And I'm just grateful. I miss her every day, but I'm grateful that I got a chance to do that because it was something we both really wanted to do for a long time. Now, you have you and producers have been with her on this uh, on this project. Um, and, and in her remembrance and and, as, and to continue her legacy, uh, what are your plans with this project to continue her legacy? On um, what are your plans with this project? Well, first of all, it's just about the first thing is about getting it out there and letting the world know that she still had some things to say. Um, there's you know she had a, a big voice. And and there comes a point in people's careers when they can use that big voice to say some things. And it becomes bigger than about whatever they think will sell. And she had a few songs on this album. She has a few songs on this album that were things that I know she wanted to say. And so that, I think, in, in terms of continuing the legacy is probably the biggest thing, is that she finally got a chance to, to say some things that really mattered to her to be said. I mean, the singing, the fact that she can sing is is a given, but, you know, that that's, I think, the biggest the biggest thing. Uh, based on this project, based on me, from her past, you know, but what type of, what, when listeners go out and get pick up this, pick up this album, um, what, what do you think that, what type of message or what type, or what type of uh, feeling do you think they'll get from this? They're gonna they're gonna get from from this album a person that was human, a person that lived a little bit, learned a lot from living, and had some things that she wanted to to pass on. There's a particular song called "All You Girls" that she really felt strongly about, and she's basically talking to you know some young women, basically trying to give them a message of hope and encouragement. You know, care about yourself and. And, and, and try to do the best that you can. And, you know, I didn't always have it together. I wasn't always perfect, but, you know, you got to love you. And that's one of the songs that mattered a lot to her. There's another song called Water on the World that um, that mattered a great deal to her, where she's basically saying, you know, hey, I'm not always a happy person. You know, I'm the life of the party when I'm around, but, you know, when I'm when I'm alone and when I'm by myself, I'm not, you know, I'm not always happy. And I think that many, many of us find ourselves in that position sometimes. So we think sometimes we think the celebrities have perfect lives. And sometimes it makes us feel a little more okay when we find out that they're, you know, they're susceptible to the the frailties of being human just like we are. And, you know, that that's just two songs, but there are others. And I think if they get it, they they will see a little more deeply into who she was, maybe a little more so than some of the past records. Um, do you, is this was this uh, was this the same bachelor? The uh, basically experience with her was so was this the same bachelor as as uh, congratulations and special, or was this a totally different bachelor? Um, it was a different Vesta, a little bit. Um. I mean, she wasn't she wasn't belting as much as she did back then, but there's something about singers when they get a little bit of maturity where they're they're wiser about how they go about the process of singing. And so what you hear is somebody that sounds like they've just really really honed in on their craft, whereas the younger singer tends to go for the, you know, the 
whatever is the most exciting and she you just she just sounds like somebody that really had learned how to use her instrument and and obviously from a subject matter standpoint she was a wiser person than she was you know as we all tend to you know as we mature we get wiser and wiser so it's certainly you know when you listen to this record you will hear the festa you remember but you're going to get a little more than just that now um my, let my listeners know, because um, I know I have best of hands here on the show. Um, when uh, when can they go get this product, or where can they go online to purchase this uh, project? Um, I'm pretty sure at this point it's on Amazon, and it should be on iTunes, and it should be in stores a week from today. Okay. Now uh, I'm, I'm tired of saying this project, and and and, and it's my fault. I have it in my notes, but let them know the, the name of the album. Let them know the name of the album. The name of the album is Seven, and that is in the the title that Vesta picked. This is her seventh album, and she wanted simply titled Seven. And I did ask her why she wanted to title it Seven, and she said because Seven represents completion. Now, you can make of that what you will. But that is what she was adamant about from the moment we started recording this album. She wanted it to be titled Seven, and that was the reason. And it just gives me chills sometimes to think about it, but that's all she ever told me is that Seven represents completion. Now, um, going forward, um, do you keep in touch with her daughter and and the Florida family, or were you close to the family like that? Well, I, I, Vesta tended to sort of compartmentalize her relationships, so I, I, I never really had too much of a relationship with, with her family. I didn't know them very well. Um, I'm certainly not against it, but I'm, I don't I – don't, I, as a matter of fact, I've never met her daughter. I've met some of her other relatives, but her daughter I've never met. So if I, if I may ask, um, besides the Vesta, uh, what else are you working on? What else are you, you have coming up? Well, I'm actually working on a project right now with uh, Eddie Levert of the OJs, and okay. I'm working on a project right now, a comeback album for The Emotions. Okay. Uh, that should be interesting. It's been a long time since I've heard anything from uh, The Emotions before. I'm very excited about both of those records, but, you know, particularly, you know, the Eddie is because Eddie is Eddie is where I started. Eddie was the person that I was writing with before I wrote with Gerald. And when Gerald Gerald decided to do a solo album, it was Eddie who recommended me to Gerald. So, I mean, that's like going back home. So I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about the emotions because the emotions, the album Rejoice, I believe, was is one of the albums that I remember as a very, very young kid listening to, and it was one of the records that caused me to decide I wanted to be a record producer because at the time, Earth, Wind & Fire was one of my most favorite records, I mean, favorite bands. And when I heard this record, it reminded me of Earth, Wind & Fire. And at the time, I was so young, I didn't know what a producer did, but I had seen Maurice White's name on Earth, Wind & Fire's albums. And so when I saw his name on the Emotions album, it was like, oh, okay, I get it now. This guy brought his flavor to, to these ladies and made them sound the way they sound. I want to do what he does. So in a way, that's like coming back home too. Right. If I, you've been, you've had, um, trying to um, 
experience in the industry. Um, if you can, I have all my guests. If you can, um, what piece of advice would you give to up these up and coming artists that want to uh, have a singing career or have a producing career? What piece of advice would you give to them? Well, the 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 thing that I would say is, if you want to, there's a different thing than having longevity versus getting you know something hot right now. I heard it best said by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. They said, "I don't ever want to be hot. I want to be consistently warm." And and I think that what you got to do to be consistently warm, I'm probably one of the few R&B producers that, in some ways, was never known for a particular sound. You know, because if you get known for a particular sound, when that sound goes out of vogue, you're out of business. So what I would say to anybody is learn the learn the language of your business. If you're going to be a singer, if you're going to be a musician, learn how to read and write and, 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 and study as much music as you can. Because today's kids are sort of at a disadvantage. I don't want to go on a rant, but, you know, when I work on records right now, I'm able to to come up with horn arrangements because when I was a kid, my dad listened to big band music exclusively. And I didn't necessarily care for it initially, but I have a wealth of information from hearing those records. You know, when I went to college, I studied opera and I studied classical, and I didn't necessarily initially like that music. But guess what? When I go to do my string arrangements now, guess what I draw on, you know, what knowledge I draw on to do that. Today's kids have iPods, and so they don't have to listen to music that they don't want to consume. So they won't, that same thing may not happen to them. So they may have to take it upon themselves to broaden their horizons and study as much music as they can, because I guarantee you, no matter what kind of music you do, you're going to draw on that stuff to do what it is you do and keep it fresh and keep it new and keep it interesting. So you never stop studying. Just constantly consume and just absorb as many things as you can because you're going to need all that ammunition because when your day comes, they're going to want it all from you in a second. So you just have to constantly, constantly keep putting ideas in, in the till. Tony, I'm not gonna keep you long. And, and listen, when, when you speak to when you speak to Eddie, tell Eddie to come by the show sometime, and we'd love to have him on. Man. He would love that. I mean, I'm actually due to speak to him in just a just a, a few minutes, and he would love to be on the show. Definitely tell him to come by to have him. But um, if you if you if you can give my listeners a website or something where they can find out more information about you, man. I know I want them to know what a talented, talented guy you are, man. I write about you, write about you, man. You're a very talented guy, in my opinion. So, so if you could give them something, a website or something to just go check out, man. Well, thank you so much, sir, for for all of the flattery that will get you somewhere. Um, uh, you can go to tonynicholas.com, and you can find out. You can see my discography and and uh, upcoming things that I'm working on and all of that kind of stuff, I'd be excited to have you. Or just look me up on Facebook. I'm there under my name. I, I post a lot of stuff there. I post all the time. And you can also catch my Twitter feed from there. So um, I'd love to have you. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm excited about what I got going on. And, man, thank you so much for having me on the show. No problem, man. What's a pleasure? And listen, don't let this be your last visit, man. And listen, you have my contact information, man. Please keep in touch with me, all right? It sounds good. Will do. All right, man. You too. Take care. All right, man. Take care now. Bye bye. Special thanks to Tony Nichols. Tony Nichols.
for coming on the show. I think it was he was with Vesto uh, on her, her last project, uh, Seven, the album is online now, and it will be uh, in stores worldwide uh, next week. So make sure you check it out. Um, I'll be right back. I'm going to, um, by request, I'm going um, to turn it to Miguel with a door. I'll be right back. Let us know, man, about this. this 
this uh, this is a lot of this going on man with the with a lot of uh, uh NFL players man and a lot of our athletes uh period but a lot of NFL players man they they do good for a few years man after and then they end up playing club they end up uh, let's talk a little bit about that man let us let us know a little bit about that man let us know about your story as well okay so like exactly what you want to know about the um players right now You're talking about concussions and stuff like that yeah yeah well you know a lot of issues going on right now with concussions and concussion awareness. Right now, I'm pushing an initiative um, that's trying to help out the younger population with concussion awareness. Right now, there's concussion lawsuits against the NFL um, from former players like myself that have gotten together and seen that their health and uh, well-being has been deteriorating for years. So guys are just trying to find a way to get some health care Situations taken care of with the NFL, they stop giving you health care after six years in the league. So guys, after that point, had to fend for their own health care, being if they were in a regular job or some situation like that, those injuries would be taken care of up under workman's comp laws. Why? Why is it that? Um, why is it after six years? Is it because? Um, why is it? Why do they stop after six years? Um, I'm not sure. I mean. You'd have to ask a representative from the owner's side that. But, mm-hmm. you know, players are just right now trying to deal with the health issues that they have. I mean, you have back um, – I mean, it depends on the injury. Guys have lingering injuries and lingering after effects from those injuries for years to come. So um, right now we're actually fighting a battle in California where former players are being um, assaulted by the NFL owners right at this point. It, it, it's a total insult that they would be trying to take away our workman's comp rights. Workman's comp rights are there for all Americans at this point, and um, there's no reason why NFL players, especially with the injuries that we have, be taken advantage of in that way and be taken, you know, to task for not having our workman's comp. So right now we're fighting a battle. It's um, Bill 1309. 1309, please uh, go on or... Change.org and uh, try to register and try to get that bill down. It's in California, and we're trying to do all we can to get that out of there. So, I mean, besides that, man, what else? What else are you uh, are you working on? What else you got going on? Oh uh, well, I actually have a camp going on in Naples, Florida, on the twentieth. The twentieth of this month, I'll be doing a a uh, football camp for youth down there. Um, we have two different age groups that we'll be touching on. So uh, we're just trying to get that out to as many people as we can. It's at Laley High School. You, you also have the um, the Gridiron um, Empire uh, going on. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's exactly what I was referring to. I have a nonprofit organization called Gridiron Gang which is giving adolescents new goals. And what we do is we push the initiative to using football as a tool of engagement to talk about social issues and the importance of education with the youth. And, and how does it feel to work with the youth, man, and be an inspiration to them? How does it feel? Oh, man, it is it is invigorating to be able to help youth out all over America with my camps. I mean, uh, this will be our fourth year running. 
We're trying to get bigger and better. We've done camps in Brooklyn, Newark, New York. I mean, sorry about that. Newark, New Jersey, Brooklyn, New York, Rahway, New Jersey, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, we're actually doing an event on the 18th with a special needs population called the Calais Foundation. They have a school called the Calais School. It's in Whippany, New Jersey, that we do a lot of stuff with. I'm also on the board for that organization. And we're doing an, an event called Touchdown for Success that will be going on at MetLife Stadium, man. So if you're in the New York area, please come out and support. Try to go to CalaisFoundation.org. You can see about the events that we're doing through the Calais Foundation. And we're trying to just get out that gridiron message to all the kids, you know, if they have cognitive difficulties, if they have special needs, if they're regular kids, if they're at risk youth of any kind, we're trying to be there for them. All right, Brett, I'm not going to keep you long, but um, get out your website, my uh, website, to find out more information about your gridiron and, and, and other things that you're working on. Definitely. Um, if you guys want to go to gridirongroup.org, that's G R I G I R O N, G R O U P. Dot O-R-G. Man, that was like a spelling bee. <laughs> but uh, gridirongroup.org, you can go to that, and you can see exactly what we do in the community. Uh, we've been on BET. We've been in a lot of different situations trying to push this message. So if you guys get a chance, check out TJ Home Show, Clip 187. That's us. I'm with uh, John Sally and, and Antoine Walker. And uh, we're just talking about the gridiron message, trying to get that point across as much as we can. So, like I said, go to gridirongroup.org. You can look at any of the camps and events that we're doing, see any videos or any photos from any events that we've done in the past. God bless, and uh, thanks for the opportunity, Tim. No real problem, man. Listen, come back by the show anytime you see Phil, all right, man? All right. Well, you guys take care, and uh, love your show, man, and just keep getting that message across. All right, man. You'll be blessed.